Welcome to season two of the Testimony Service Podcast, brought to you by Engage. Engage is a brand I started at the end of last year to serve as a reminder for us to engage with God, to actually cultivate a personal relationship with Him, and then to engage others, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around us. And one of the ways we engage others is through our testimonies. So here is episode 214, The Ministry of Marinating. Well, hi, my name is JC Pulford. I live in Enfield, Connecticut. I was 22 years old when I came to the Lord. I had a family friend who asked me to paint a series for her of uh, paintings that dealt with the Lord. I grew up Catholic, so I always had a God conscience, but I just had more questions than answers. So when I took on this task of doing these paintings, I was just doing it obviously for the money at the time, but I really see now that the Lord was opening a door to just show me more of who he is. And so when I started these paintings, I started having a lot of spiritual attacks and different things like that. Um, I knew uh, right then and there that God was drawing me closer and there was something trying to keep me away from knowing who he was. There was one night when I was really desperate for answers and I asked the Lord to show me a sign if he was real. And he sent me a vision of himself on the cross and he was not bloody. It was not an anguish. There was just peace. I felt his presence for the first time and I knew that it was a vision and not just a dream because I was not asleep yet. And my fiance at the time was actually in the room with me. And so the Lord specifically answered my prayer that night. And I, I said, okay, you've convinced me. So whatever you want, I'm going to follow you. And in a couple of weeks, I left that relationship. We mutually broke up. We knew it was time anyway. And I had a friend who I confided in. We chatted a little bit about God here and there. And I really needed a friend who had a godly conscience as well, who was outside of my friendship you know, circle. And his name was Jonathan. And he invited me to go to his church, an apostolic Pentecostal church. And I went and I wept like a baby for the first time. This strong, like, you know, Hispanic girl coming into this spiritual atmosphere. God just broke through my walls and... In a couple of weeks, I was baptized in Jesus' name. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And long story short, Jonathan and I dated and we're actually married. <laughs> so that's my testimony in a nutshell. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Like Catholic and Apostolic Pentecostal are two totally different sides there. <laughs> and so what was your, at least your initial reaction when you first were invited to that church and you first walked in and you were just experiencing the service, like what was kind of going through your head at that point? Well, the first thing I noticed obviously was the emotion. People were actually expressing themselves in just a totally different way than what I've experienced. And it felt more natural, to be honest. It felt more of what somebody who honors God or who loves God would behave like we would want to feel like emotion. And I definitely didn't feel like it was a fake or show. It was everybody's heart was just pouring out to God. And I was like, 
this makes sense. Like, this is it. And I remember turning to Jonathan's mom and I don't know what came over me. Obviously, it was the spirit of God, but the words, this is what I want, came out of my mouth. It was really deep within me. This is the place that I felt I could really connect with God on a deeper emotional level. And I think that was the first thing that I noticed when I stepped into that church. And not saying that Catholics don't behave that way, but it's just not as accepted, I think. And it's just a totally different culture. Mm-hmm. Did like your perception of God change kind of like from that moment where you went to that church, then maybe how you maybe thought or perceived God before? Not that day, Mm -hmm. but when I started doing my own Bible studies, when I started receiving Bible studies, and then when I started to regularly go to services to be open to the teaching. And that really helped me understand biblically who he was. And I remember there was a service that really answered a big question for me because as a Catholic, I was very confused who to pray to. The Catholic Church has a lot of different ways to pray. And there's a lot of idolatry and things like that. And they pray to a lot of saints and even Mary and Joseph and a lot of angels. And you can pray to anybody. And I was just confused who is the main one to pray to. And, um, it really boiled down to God himself. Okay, do I pray to Jesus or God? Mm. And then, so the biggest thing was when the preaching came and it being said, well, you know, Jesus is God. And when I caught that, there was like a light bulb. It like went off and I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like that's his name, God and Jesus. This just the same. Mm -hmm. Jesus is God. And so that was a huge revelation to me is really realizing that there's only one God. He has one identity. His name is Jesus. And that is who I pray to. And he's the one who has all power. And he's the one that really should be the one that I reach out to because he's the only one who can really truly answer my prayers. You coming to know God in maybe a more personal way, Mm-hmm. Was that something that you just maybe didn't have the interest in at that prior phase in your life? Or was that something that just like wasn't modeled for you or just wasn't kind of as common like in your church where like maybe people were kind of cultivating that on their own on an individual level? Um, or like what, I guess, what was stopping you as a Catholic of like growing in God and coming to learn of God a little bit more on your own? Now that I'm thinking about it, I really think it was both. I think that they can only model what they know. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of limited teaching because there's a lot of limited thinking. I don't say that in a negative way, but I do say that there is a level of illumination that people have. And I think that from my experience, the Catholic church that I was raised in probably knew elements about God that I didn't know, mm-hmm. but there was something about the overall doctrine of it all that seemed very one-dimensional, if that makes sense. As far as I went to catechism, so I went to their Sunday school and they had their Bibles there or their version of the Bibles. And then they had their Catholic books there and we were never allowed to take a Bible home, Mm -hmm. like those different things. Um, And I heard this from many other people who also uh, were raised Catholic. And I think there were people that were probably seeking after the Lord, but when the foundation is on the wrong thing, then it's going to be built up on the wrong thing. From my experience, it was built on 
the Trinity, or at least it was built on three different persons. It was built on just a tradition. A lot of it was built on culture and how all of that uh, plays into doctrine. And that happens in every church. There's culture mm-hmm. and things like that. But I really felt like there was a lot more like tradition. This is what just what we do. And when you had questions, they didn't really have biblical answers for them. And I only went to church in the Catholic church until I was just a kid. And then we just stopped going for a while because it was a lot of things that I think my family was also questioning and they didn't get answers. And so that's just from my experiences. I'm sure there were people who were really devout and maybe had some answers, but from what I've been taught, it only reached to like a certain point. And then there was no longer any more value deeper than that because they lacked the true revelation of who God really is. And I think if you don't have that main puzzle piece of who he is, then anything else that you try and build around it, it's not going to kind of match up. What kind of advice would you give to maybe someone who's listening now who is kind of in that phase where they want to know, but maybe they feel like they're not getting the answers that they need and they don't maybe know how to like seek them out. They Bible study, they don't even know like the method of Bible study or how would I even go about this? Like what kind of advice would you give to someone who's just questioning and who wants to know, but they just don't even know where to start? That's good. I love that because I had no clue. I didn't even touch a Bible until I was 22 years old. You know, I did have Bible and catechism, but I wasn't really taught like how to use it as much or how powerful it is. And so I would say, honestly, start with downloading a Bible app. <laughs> Uversion has an amazing app and they actually have devotions on the app. You can set a reminder so that every day it'll go off and give you a little portion of it. So it does the Bible study with you. And it's just getting your feet wet just to know the word. And so I would suggest reaching out to, you know, a local church and seeing if they have somebody who does Bible studies. It's just really getting yourself comfortable. Um, You can go to the dollar store. A lot of dollar stores have Bibles. Some of them are really cheap. It's just getting your hands on it and just start reading, even though it's so confusing. Obviously, I'm available. You can DM me on Instagram or email me. But I feel like if you just download like a Bible app, just get started and look up scriptures for things that would be meaningful to you, like love, and then read all the scriptures about love or whether it's hope or faith or whatever it is, just to get started. And I think, you know, that's how we get our minds on the right thing. And then uh, I really do feel like God will start opening doors. Once you make the move, to go seek him, he will open doors for you to learn more about him. Yeah. So if you have all these questions and it's your first time, like really kind of getting into the Bible and you try to read it from beginning to end, you're, you might be in trouble. God may grace you. You may be fine, but sure. yeah, <laughs> I, I love the topical approach. That's, that's a great, great advice. I love that. Um, something that my pastor has always taught me is being careful, giving so much meat to somebody who's just starting out. And so they just need a little bit of milk, just like a baby. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And we have to be okay with being a beginner. That's very hard. And so one of the things that I do challenge people is to journal when they're doing the Bible studies, because you're going to feel some feelings. 
you're going to feel pride. You're going to feel shame or guilt, all of those things. And God wants us to confess those things. He wants us to talk to him about it. And he wants to lead us to repentance, um, which just means turning away from sin and seeking after his will. I would suggest starting to journal and just getting all of those feelings out, especially if you don't feel comfortable with a person, if you don't have that person to go to yet. Even if you do, I think you need to solidify a personal devotion with God and start with just a Bible app and your journal and try and take it back to like the basics and don't try and chew on so much and feel guilty for not knowing so much. Just take time with it and God will honor you for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I was listening to some podcast and one of the people on there was saying, it's kind of better to, instead of, you know, I don't know. I think we get a little overzealous and we're like, Oh, we have to read. Yeah. Yeah five chapters today. And she she was just saying like, it's better instead of to read five chapters and not think about it all day when you could just read a verse or two and it's on your mind, you're kind of meditating it throughout the day and it's like in your heart. And it's like, you know, you chew on that one little piece all day and let it sustain you as opposed to, you know, you read five chapters, but you know, tonight, okay, what did I read this morning? You know, I don't know. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody about this today. I love the word ponder. And that's something that God has been helping me with is, you know, we have to take time to slow down and ponder on things. We live in such a fast paced society, especially with the political climate that we're in and everything going on in America. People are quick to speak and they're quick to be bold and they're quick to do things. And there's a lot of business going around. And then we kind of glorify the hustle and all that. And we have to learn, especially when it comes to God's word, that it takes time. He's in the ministry of marinating. And so I think about Mary when the angel came and told her this great big plan. You're going to be the mother of the Messiah. And she was like, wow. You know, she took time. The words that she pondered it into her heart. And I'm like, I would love to have a Mary heart that just takes all these things that are coming at me and just hold them for a minute and let God kind of sort them out because there's a lot of layers to our person. There's a lot of layers to our soul and to our hearts. And we want to dissect it all and give labels to everything. But sometimes that's not how God works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're always in a hurry to like get to the next thing or like figure out, okay, what does this mean? Or how can I apply this? And like, it's like, right. just kind of just linger. Let it just, yeah, marinate, let it ponder. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's absolutely so true. And we just almost never stop long enough to (laughs) take the time. That self-discipline. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, JC. So you mentioned that you're a painter. Tell us a little bit about the painting that you do. And I know that you said at first you were in it for the money. (laughs) (laughs) I think that happens with a lot of people. I always have been creative. I started when I was like eight years old, just painting and drawing and Obviously, my themes have changed since the Lord has come into my life, but I really do feel like it's a gift to be creative. It's a different kind of ministry, and it's awesome to be able to write and just create. So I do a lot of modest fashion. I love the term modest fashion illustrator because I don't think anybody has that term, but I've created a couple modest fashion coloring books, which young ladies have loved. And I just really wanted to create a coloring book that young girls can look at and relate to, especially those in the church. And my last, my latest one is called Royalty. 
it features all inclusive girls, different hair types, different ethnicities, just godly, modest girls, and uh, just really pretty florals and fashion. And it's just really, really fun. And so I do have a shop helloawesome.live. And so I have t-shirts and I just do all the things. And so it has led into writing books and using my craft for the Lord. That's awesome. So I'm a big reader and I'm a book nerd. If I could show you, well, we just moved into a new house, so I don't have my bookshelf set up, but (laughs) I love books. So if you could tell me (laughs) what book you have out or anything coming out or anything that's on the horizon, I would love to hear it. Yeah. So it's so fun to talk about. The book that started it all is really about uh, emotional purity, and that shares my testimony. It talks about putting God first, which has kind of been a theme in this whole episode, and how we shouldn't put man first, especially when we're in a relationship. So we do talk about love, and we do talk about putting the Lord first and allowing Him to write your love story. And it's called The Palace Keepers, and it's all about preserving the purity of your heart. And then the second book that I wrote is called The Glitter Effects which is all about the power of influence. And uh, this was definitely sparked by one, uh, my social media presence was kind of growing and I was really asking the Lord to help me steward that well. Um, But also I was pregnant with baby number two and it just so happened to be another boy. And so I asked the Lord to help me as a woman of God to be the example that I need to be for these two men that I'm raising. And that was kind of scary to think that I would be the main woman that they would learn from in the household. And that's when God taught me about, you know, use the analogy of glitter and how beautiful it is. And of course, I'm a creative person. I love it. But also how glitter can be messy. And if we don't use it correctly, it can just get all over the place, just attaches to anybody and anything. Um, It has no shame. And uh, that's how our influence is. It's like glitter. One little speck can just attach itself to a person and make a difference. The third book actually came out last year called Give It to God, Girl. I had a couple of topics that I really, really uh, felt the Lord was working in me. Perfectionism, jealousy, self-deprecation, disrespect, and forgiveness. Actually, it's the one book that doesn't have chapters. They have sections. And it's all about how these five things are something that we can give to God. They're things that we can have control over. We can control how we forgive and how we're jealous and how we disrespect people. So it's just kind of putting power in our hands to recognize these things, but also knowing that we have the power to give it over to God as well. I thought I was done for a while. (laughs) I decided on my own to start a Bible study in Daniel and the Lions. And I wanted to know for myself how this children's story, quote unquote, played out. And it's not a children's story at all. It's so much more powerful than we give it credit. And as I was reading it, I felt the Lord move on my heart to write a book about it. And I knew it too. I was like, oh no, here I go. I just wrote one. But I knew it was for this purpose. It was supposed to be timely for this moment. And it was the fastest book I've ever written. Everything came flowing and I knew that God was really in it. And so we go through the story of Daniel and the lions then chronologically. And we look at it from the perspective of how can we learn to cultivate devotion? Daniel had a life that was centered around devotion to God. And he was devoted to God before he was betrayed. He was devoted to God after he was betrayed. 
he was devoted before his promotion and after his promotion. So it doesn't matter the circumstances that happens. We need to keep our hearts devoted to God. And so that's really the center of the book. And it's called Living in the Lion's Den. And we really talk about how it mirrors now where we are and how we probably feel like we're living in the lion's den. A lot of us are grieving. We have a lot of sorrow. We feel like, God, when is this door going to open? We've been in the dark for so long. And we have to remember that Daniel did experience a miracle. The angel came and, you know, shut the lion's mouth, but the angel didn't open the door. So Daniel still had to remain in the dark. So I posed this question, what did he do? What was he doing in the dark? And I believe that Daniel still continued his devotion to God. And I believe that he was a praying man. He was a faithful man and that that's what he did. And so he didn't know that the door was going to open. So he didn't have ulterior motives. It's a powerful little book, (laughs) but we also talk about how our expectations should be not for this life, but also for heaven and how we need to be, you know, devoting ourselves to God, no matter what seeking after the best things and the better things, which is what he has for us in heaven. And so that's going to be actually coming out hopefully in the beginning of June. I'm really excited and I'm ready to get this project out there and like in people's hands because I've been holding on to it long enough. (laughs) Yeah, man, all of these books sound so fire. Like I'm like, okay, which one am I going to get? And then you say what this one's about. Then you say what this one's about. Then you say, (laughs) and I'm like, oh gosh, okay, I need all the books. (laughs) <laughs> and well, I, can't, I, I almost let this go without without bringing it up so <laughs> well I appreciate it I do have um studies on each of the book uh, on my podcast the hello awesome podcast so if somebody's curious about the book they can go on there I do a series for each of the books on my website helloawesome.live there is a audiobook version and an ebook version if uh, that works best for you, because I love books too, but sometimes I don't have time to read a paperback book. So I try and have a lot of options for people to at least get their hands on the the content and the material. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And again, thank you for coming on the podcast. It really means a lot. I'm excited to get this out to the people. um, And just, I know that they'll be blessed by hearing your story and all that you've learned on your journey and all that you have written to help us in our journey. So I really appreciate it a lot. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure to share. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. If you'd like to share your testimony on an upcoming episode, visit www.martinanicole.com slash podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It'll help get these testimonies to more ears. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next Wednesday. So here's a sneak peek for you. And I was scared before I told her that she was going to abandon me. Like, I felt like I was still damaged goods. Took a chance of her basically proving that that's true.